Amen. All right, I hope you are in Luke chapter 2. We've been reading the, the Christmas story starting last week. And uh, this morning I want to pick up on some verses. And we're really going to do a, a word study today. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm not sure I've ever done it with uh, an entire congregation, but we're going to try it today. So I want us to begin. Mary has found out that she is carrying the, the, the Christ child, Jesus. And she goes and she visits Elizabeth. And there is in verse 41, let's read. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. That's our word for today. Blessed. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has been spoken of by the Lord. Blessed. How many times have you heard that word blessed? It's almost become a cliche, right? I mean, even unbelievers are using the word blessed. I'm, I'm blessed, hashtag blessed. How many times have you, you seen that? Have a blessed day. You sign off a letter and you say blessings. What, is, what does that mean? Do, do, you, do you say, honestly, I understand what this word blessing means from Scripture? And I'm not sure if because it's become so familiar that maybe we have lost its meaning. So today we're going to go back and see if we can recapture it. Let me ask you a few questions to get us primed. You know, sometimes you have to uh, clarify the dilemma before you create the, the solution to it. And so I want to ask you just a few questions. So what happens if you are living with all of the ones that you love and you're able to take pictures this Christmas morning and put them on Facebook? Are you blessed? What if you've lost someone and you can't take their picture anymore? Are you still blessed? Are you blessed when you get that new job that you've been praying for? But it's the person blessed who lost theirs to lay off? What about you get that, that brand new dream house that you have always wanted? You've been working toward your whole life. Are you hashtag blessed? What about if in being laid off, you also are going through foreclosure on your house? Then are you blessed? Are you blessed when... You can say as an NBA star, I've been drafted, first round pick. Are you blessed? Or what if you're going through school right now and you're the one that seems to never even get picked for a team? Are you blessed? What does blessed mean? Does it mean that we're happy that things are going good for us? And then how do you, how do you know in Scripture, like when you look, I don't know about y'all, but I look in Scripture, and that word is used a lot of ways. Like, it always begins with God. It seems that God blesses someone, right? He does something favorable for someone. But then it says that those people will turn around and, and bless God. So God blesses us. Then we turn around and bless God. But then we can turn around and bless other people. 
And in fact, the priest and kings of the day could stand before the people and they could bless them. I look at all that and I go, okay, now I have no idea what this word means. Because God can do it, we can do it, we can do it to other, other people. And, and, and then how do you know that something is truly a, a blessing? There's always this old Chinese pro- proverb, I think it's what it is. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I'll probably butcher it, so don't hold me to the exact proverb, okay, for, of, of this, this Chinese story. But there's the story of this Chinese farmer, and he's unable to, to plant his crops. Any of you ever heard this? you think you've ever heard of it? Oh, well, good. It'll, it'll be brand new. I can tell it however I want to tell it. You'll never know the difference. So old Chinese farmer, and he, he's wanting to plant, but he has no way to plant, and so he's very concerned. And, and the question would be, in this state where he can't plant crops, is he blessed or not? Well, one day a, a horse shows up unannounced to his house, and he's like, ooh, horse. Now he can plant. He can till the garden, and, and, and he, can, he can provide for himself. So at that point, when the horse shows up, is he blessed? Well, just as quickly as the horse showed up and he starts to work the garden, the horse disappears. Now is he blessed? Just as quick as the horse disappeared, uh, a couple of weeks later, the horse shows up and he's not alone. He's got a female horse with him. Not only now can he make crops and, and do his garden and all that, but now he's got the chance to make more horses. This thing might be taking off. It, like Life might be finally turning. His son gets on the horse to ride and falls off and gets severely injured. Is he blessed? Well, a week later, the Chinese army rolls through this village, and they're looking for soldiers to fight in the war, and they knock on the door, and they find his son in bed, and he, he's been hurt by the horse, and so they were wanting to conscript him into the army, but they can't because he can't fight. So they leave his son. Would that be hashtag blessed? Things rise and fall in life, right? And sometimes something that looks good isn't necessarily always good. And life seems to cycle in and out of these things that we sometimes call seasons. I heard you mention it earlier. Life kind of goes through these seasons. And, and do you go through seasons where you're blessed and, and not blessed? I, I think about Joseph in the story of the Bible. Do you remember him? Is that not a roller coaster ride? I mean like vision, coat of many colors, God's going to do miraculous things. Next thing happens, brothers throw him in a pit and sell him into slavery. I bet he didn't write hashtag blessed on the wall. Maybe he did. And then he, uh, he gets out of the pit and he goes to Potiphar's house and things are looking good. But then a false claim's made against him and he's thrown into prison. Was he blessed when he was at Potiphar's house? Not blessed when he's in prison or is he blessed when both? Then he interprets a dream, and he gets to go to Pharaoh, and he becomes the prime minister. And I'm like, his life is all over the place. Sometimes our life feels like it's all over the place. You look at the story of of David, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. Did y'all know that he was anointed king three times before he actually got to be king of all of Israel? And and he goes through struggles, and Saul, the the king that is, is currently in charge, throws a spear at him. Starts chasing him. Is he blessed? (laughs) He's running with his ragtag band of people. Or is he only blessed when he becomes king? And then last one, and we'll move on. Look at the life of Jesus. 
Now, I would think that if there is anyone who is blessed of God, it would be his only begotten son. But, but look at how many times people are mocking him and trying to trap it. And places where he's going, there are people who really want to see him. And revival is breaking out. And that's good. But then there's people there that are trying to destroy the ministry as well. And, and then it, I guess the pinnacle of that is on that day when he hung on that cross. And his disciples looked at him hanging there. I bet you they didn't tweet out to the rest of the disciples and say, boy, we're blessed today. They were probably thinking, what in the world is going on? This is the worst day of our life. <laughs> Do you know that sometimes the day that seems to be the worst day of your life is actually making way for the very best day of your life? Jesus had to die on the cross, which was the darkest day, it seemed, for all of humanity. But in that, he was making way for the brightest of days when that sun would shine on Easter morning and death would be defeated. Wow, and I look at all that and I say, you know what? I probably need to figure out what it means to be blessed. I, I need to know what, what it means to be blessed. And so I want you to hold two views in your hands at the same time. Can you do that? I'm going to need you to hold two views on this word blessed at the same time. In fact, I'm going to ask you guys to do this. You guys are going to hold the first view, and I hope it's going to be up on the screen. You guys are going to hold the view of, say, favor. Say it louder. Good, you got your mask on. I can't hear you. Favor. The first view is favor. You guys have a heart of you. It's got more words, so you may have to write it down. Leslie will have it on the screen for you. The second view is this. Knowing that God gives us everything we need, we need to do everything we're intended to do. We're going to see if those two views will hold water as we read through Scripture. So, you guys have got to look at that for a minute. Knowing that God gives us everything we need to do everything we were intended to do. What's y'all's view? It's harder for us, but we're going to do it anyway. All right, y'all read with me. Knowing God gives us everything we need to do everything we were intended to do. All right, now we got to go through Scripture. Are you ready? We're going to do a, a flyover of Scripture. We're getting toward the end of the year. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I am hoping that some of you will text me or email me or something and say, Kevin, you challenged us in January to read through the Bible. Some of y'all are going, oh, oops, God started off pretty good. and mm, Somehow that thing got off the rails. Well, if it got off the rails, I'm going to challenge you in 2021 to pick it up and, and put it back on the rails and, and go again. Go again to read the Bible in chronological order. And I'm hoping that some of you will be able to say at the end of this, I did it. I, I finished it. For the first time, I read the Bible all the way through in chronological order. It will change your life. Because what it does is it gives you this big view of what God is doing on the earth, in the world. And that's what I want us to do today. So I'm going to run through Scripture pretty fast. Are you ready? Are you staying with me? Kind of. Okay, I, I've saved all the good stuff for the end, okay? So it, it, there's a benefit if you stay with me through the Scriptures. Beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, it says that God blessed the creatures to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the waters, and the birds were to multiply on the earth. 
Why did God bless the creatures? I was listening to a Christian astrophysicist. And he was so confusing. He was so smart. But he said that all of creation was put together at the right time in the right order so that man could live on the earth. So it makes sense that God would bless the creatures first, that they would begin to multiply so that man would have something to live off of. See, God's got a plan. He's moving this thing in a direction. And then just six verses later, Genesis 1.28, Adam was to be fruitful and to multiply. What does that mean? He was supposed to spread out what was the garden to all of the non-garden parts of the world. We're going to continue to go fast. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18. Abraham was blessed. Remember that? Not only was Abraham blessed, but he was told that he would be a blessing to other nations, that all the world would be blessed through him. Now let's stop there for just a minute. Abraham needs to be blessed. And so in that scripture, he gets a lot of herds. He gets a lot of flocks. He has to have that because he's got to have children. They're going to start to produce children. And that's why that second view is important, that God gives you what you need to do what you're intended to do. Because I got to tell you, if you woke up the next morning, tomorrow morning, or if I woke up the next morning and there was a thousand sheep on my front yard, I don't feel blessed. I don't know about you, but I look at that and go, that was not a blessing. In fact, I, you know, I have water behind my house, and I love for the geese to show up, and I, I can't wait. In fact, I've been waiting. I've been like, Brantley, where are the geese? They always show up this time of year. Where's the geese? The other week, uh, just a few days ago, the geese showed up. And I'm like, there's my geese. But then in the spring, those geese come and have babies, and they poop all over my backyard, and they put feathers all over my backyard. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't know about these things. You know? Here's another thing. If you're going to be a great nation, you got to have lots of babies. There's some of y'all in the room that if I came to you and said, I got a good word for you, I got a prophetic word, Karen, you're going to have a child. Did you see what she did? She went, oh, no. Right? Some of us, that's not a blessing. But to some, it's all they long for in life. So you have to know that the blessing is suited to the one who is doing the will of God. You with me? Luke chapter 1, verse 42. It says that Mary is blessed and that the fruit of her womb was blessed. And here to me, where we started off today, is where this story gets so good. And here's what we have to realize. That God created a world so that he, ha he could have a relationship with humans. But we messed that thing up real bad. And we separated ourselves from God. But God made a promise. He said, you can't mess something up so bad that I can't fix it. Isn't that good? Some of you might need to be reminded. Some of you listening online may be reminded that you can't mess something up so bad that God can't fix it. Yeah. And so God didn't look at that and go, oh my goodness, I can't believe they messed this whole thing up. I don't know what to do. God said, no, I know exactly what to do. And at the exact right time, that's another thing about blessings. At the exact right time, I'm going to choose a woman. And she's going to give birth to a son. And that son's going to save the world. 
We are at the point in Luke chapter 1 where Jesus is coming on the scene and everything that has happened, all of that, you see that? All of that has been waiting for this son. The world has been waiting. When is he coming? And Jesus shows up on the scene because he's going to die for the sins of the world. And then something begins to to change. Blessings begin to change. At first, blessings were you needed cattle and you needed uh, sheep and you needed olives or whatever it may be. But but watch this as things begin to change in, in the book of Matthew. Any of you know anything about the Beatitudes? A series of things where Jesus speaks to the people, the crowd, and he says, you know, you're, you're blessed. But he, but he says things like this. He says, blessed are the poor. Hold on a minute. When we're feeling poor, we don't feel blessed. But he said, blessed are the poor. And he said, blessed are those who mourn. He said, blessed are the hungry and thirsty. And most people are sitting there thinking he's talking about in the physical realm. And they're like, God, when I'm hungry and thirsty, I don't feel blessed. I feel hangry. Nah, I don't feel blessed. And he said, blessed are those who persecute you. And they're like, oh, I don't like being persecuted. Does anybody like being persecuted? If you do, I don't think you have been. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't feel comfortable. And, and so Jesus says that, that the poor are blessed and those who mourn are blessed and the hungry and thirsty are blessed and those who are persecuted are blessed. And it's like, how does that happen exactly? And what Jesus was doing is this. He said, up till now, I have been blessing the nation of Israel. I've, I've been having to put things in place for them physically so that they could do what I wanted them to do. But now I need you to be phys- uh, spiritually ready to accomplish what I want to see done on the earth. You see, some of us, we've been so distracted by the physical blessing that we've missed out on all the spiritual blessings. And he said, there's some spiritual stuff waiting for you, but you got to be hungry. Oh, you got to be thirsty. Oh, you, you got to be poor knowing that you can't get to that place spiritually all by yourself, that you got to have a Savior to get you there, that there are times that, that you're going to be persecuted for what you believe, but you got to be able to stand on what you believe so that you can fulfill the promise of what God said. What did he say? He said for, for those who are poor, he says, such is the kingdom of heaven. He's looking out over a crowd and there's all these poor people because most of the people he'd have been talking to were poor. All the people who were rich, they, they were in other places. They, didn't, they weren't listening. And he was looking at the poor like a good shepherd and he was doing this. Come on in. You see, you were poor and you didn't think you had a place in the kingdom of God, but come on in <laughs> because such is the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I don't know if you got it, but that's good. He was looking at those who were mourning at things that weren't going the way that he thought they should. And he said, you know, there's sometimes your heart is broken, but I'm going to gather up all those who mourn. I'm going I'm to gather you up. All of you who are hungry and thirsty, can I tell you that you're in a better place than anybody else? Because now I can feed you with the bread of life and living water. And so he turned things spiritually and he brought in the poor and he brought in the broken and there was never a place for them before. And he blessed them and he said, you know what, I'm your God too. 
I got to tell you, there's sometimes I feel poor and I feel broken and I'm mourning and I have to remind myself and the Holy Spirit comes and reminds me and he says, Kevin, I'm still your God. I'm still your shepherd and I still got a good plan. Sometimes you're on the Friday side of a resurrection morning, Kevin. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going. And then last verse, and I want to talk to you for a minute about these. Galatians 3.14, it says, In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now God changes it again. You ever thought like as soon as you figure out what God's doing, he changes something on you? Yeah, it's like, okay, I have figured out God. And then God says, hold on, hold on. And he changes something and you go, okay, I don't know what he's doing now. I'm lost. The big turn came right here that Israel thought that God was their God and only their God. And he wasn't anybody else's God. But what God was doing is that he was sending a Savior, not just to the Jews, but to the entire world. And if any of you could raise your hand today and say that you are a child of God, that you have been bought with the blood of Jesus, and you have been given eternal life, you a Gentile. You wasn't supposed to get this blessing. The Jews struggle thinking that you should be blessed this way. But God said, this was my plan from the very beginning. He said, my plan from all the beginning. Go back to Abraham. Through you, Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Jesus was making a way so that all of us could be wrapped up into the kingdom of God and receive the Spirit of God. And when I look at that, I'm like, this whole thing, You see what I'm holding here? This whole book was a brilliant plan to bless the entire world. And at any one point in the place, you could have gotten lost and go, I don't know what God's doing next. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't know how to know what he's doing in the future. And I will tell you that when I have read the Bible through, I say, God's got a plan. Do you know God's got a plan for tomorrow? He's got a plan for your tomorrow. He's got a plan for the world for tomorrow. And I just got to tell you something. So I want to tell you that in the midst of COVID, God's got a plan. Yeah. In the end time, if you're a child of God, you don't have to be afraid because God's got a plan. And he's working it for our good and his glory. Now let's talk. I got you to that place where we can talk. Back to what's y'all's word? Favor. Let's talk and y'all listen in, okay? Favor. Do you realize that you are favored, but you're not the most favored in every area of your life? That's a good word. I'm going to say that again. You are favored, but you're not the most favored, 
in every area of your life. What do I mean by that? It means that you're right. You're not the best looking thing on the planet. There are people that are prettier than you. There are people that are more handsome than you. You're right. You're exactly right. You're not the prettiest thing. And guess what, y'all? Y'all aren't the smartest thing. I know, right? That there are people that are smarter than you. You, you haven't accomplished as much as other people. You've accomplished more than some, but you haven't accomplished as much as, as others. What do I mean by that? I think because of social media, we get so wrapped up in seeing people at their best. So the beautiful people, they put themselves on going. And I go, man, they pretty. And, and then some people, they show their, their graduation diplomas and their GPAs and, and all this stuff. And I go, wow, they're smarter than me. Yeah. And then some people put their, their children on there, and, and I'm like, I know, Kate, and I've got the best. So in that one, I'm like, okay. And, and you see the, the best of everybody in the best moment of their life. And if you're not careful, you'll start feeling down and depressed and think there's something wrong with you. Can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not that you're not blessed and that you're not favored. It just means you're not the best of everything in every category in the world. And if you know that, then when you see a pretty person, you can actually send a comment and say, you're looking fine. You look good. Now, me and we shouldn't send that to women, right? But you can look at somebody and go, you know what? That is awesome. They are beautiful. And you can look at someone else and go, you know what? Man, they are accomplished in their field. I don't even like their field. Like, I would never want to do their job. My sister is a nurse, and I think she's pretty doggone good at it. She's been doing it a long time. Please don't make me look at somebody bleeding. Please don't make me smell something funny. That's hashtag not blessed for me. You know? You look at other people's kids, and you can go, man, I'm excited for them. I'm glad that they're doing good because you know that on the backside of that, you know what? My kids aren't even going to be the best at everything. They're not going to be the, the smartest. They may not be the smartest person in class. They may not be the, the most accomplished person in the world. They may want to do something that a lot of other people don't want to do, and you have to be able to look at that and go, view number two. It's okay because God will give them everything they need to do everything he intended them to do. Yeah, parents, rest assured, God will get them there. Yeah, back to the, back to the favor for a minute. We are, we are favored, but so is everyone else who walks the face of this earth. Because God's plan wrapped up everyone into this great plan of his to bless everybody. So you're, you're blessed, but he wants to bless everybody else too. And that way, you don't ever have to feel like in order to be blessed, you got to be doing better than everybody else. Because that's a real strain and stress, and it's going to wear you out. 
You don't have to be better than everybody else. You can realize that the good God who's going to get you where you need to be is also getting everyone else where they need to be. And when you really know you got that truth, it's when you can look at someone being blessed and go, wow, God, that's awesome. (laughs) Bless them some more, God. Bless them real good. And you don't ever have to worry about that because when God blesses, it's never going to hurt anybody. When God blesses, he's never going to do something that's going to hurt someone. So you can just keep praying blessing upon blessing upon blessing, and you'll know that it's going to be exactly what they need when they need it. But you can also rest assured that God's going to favor you too, that he's going to get you through it. And, and there's, I think I need to talk about this too. The gospel's supposed to be for everybody. The gospel's not for a select few. It was never meant for us as Christians to go, we've got something that the rest of the world doesn't have. It was never made for us to turn our nose up at the world and say there's something terribly broken and wrong with you, even though without Christ there is something terribly broken and wrong. But you look at people and you don't have that turn your nose up. There's something more special about us. You look at the rest of the world and you say, I want you to have the same Jesus I have. I want you to experience salvation at a level that I've had and even more. God may take you higher than he's taken me. Oh, that's another one. I'm going to add this to the message right in here because I feel like the Lord wants me to. There are times where we're okay if people get to like right here on us, like meaning that you're okay with them being blessed, but you only want them to be blessed about right here. You still want to be able to look over. You, you still want to be top dog, like not in an arrogant kind of way that people would notice in a real subtle kind of way where you let them get like right here, but you still want to look over top of them and you still want to be just a little bit better. But can I tell you, when you really tap into the favor of God, when you look at anybody who walks across your path, you would say to them, God bless them as high as you intend for them to go. Yeah. It, it means that as a pastor, I'm not sitting here going, man, you guys can, can go to spiritual grounds, but only to like right here because I still got to be top dog. Nah, it is. I want you to go as high as God will let you go. <laughs> and if God calls you away to start something new, I want to bless it and be a part of helping you do it. And if you exceed me, I think that'd be awesome. And I think you should think that other people are awesome when they get ahead of you too. Because it's okay. Yeah. It's not this thing where we look back and say, this Christianity thing is just for me. No, it's for all the world. It's for all the world. Second view. You guys ready? You got the harder one. Here it is. Knowing God gives us everything we need to do everything that we were intended to do. Sometimes things come in our life and they're not blessings. They're distractions. You ever wanted something so bad and then when you got it, you realized, oh, wait a minute. That thing's a distraction. I have watched people be blessed by God and turn from God because they got distracted. They got distracted by the thing they wanted so bad that it became an idol to them. 
So I want to tell you that there are good gifts, but you can turn a good gift into a distraction. In fact, I've watched people pray for distractions, thinking they were praying for a blessing. And I would listen to them pray and go, I don't think that's good for them. I don't think that's good for them. I got a feeling that if they ever get that, they're going to turn from God. And the worst thing is to feel that, to sense that in your spirit, and it end up being right. Some things are not blessings. You have to be wise enough to know when something is a distraction. Some things that we call blessings are really burdens. You ever had a blessing that turned into a burden? <laughs> you were like, hashtag new house next month, hashtag mortgage due. Man, it was, it was the most important dream house ever when I was sitting in the lawyer's office closing, taking a picture going hashtag blessed, dream home. And then two months later, you realize, I got to pay for this doggone thing. I got to pay for this car. I got to pay for these toys. And then you realize that now you can't do what God wants you to do because you can't stop making money long enough to pay for the, no, that was a burden. Did you see that? And so now you live with this thing that says, I wish I could do more from God, but I can't because I got to work. Well, why you got to work? Well, because I got to pay for my stuff. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have stuff. I'm just saying when your stuff becomes a burden, you might need to unload some of your stuff. That's the hardest thing for us as believers to do because one of the blessings of God is living free. Free from things that would entangle us. And all blessings require stewardship. So when you get the blessing, that's not the end. That's actually the beginning. Because when God blesses you, now you have to steward, you have to manage what God has given you. So if you pray for spiritual blessings, Lord, I want, I want spiritual gifts and I want spiritual power, then realize that you're going to have to steward the gift and the power when it comes. And if you're not prepared to steward the gift and the power when it comes, you may never get what you prayed for. And you may be like, God, I don't know why you never blessed me with more spiritually. And he would say, well, I tried, but you wouldn't ever steward what I gave you. You see, we want to be dropped into the kingdom up here at a spiritual level where we can prophesy and we can heal the sick and we can do all kind of things. But what happens when God drops you in right here and says, I need you to steward something right here. I need you to steward a gift right here. Because he says, if I can't trust you to steward this gift down here, maybe like the gift of encouragement. See, I think encouragement is one of those gifts is entry level but it's also graduate level. It's, it's introductory and it's PhD all wrapped up into one, meaning that it doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, when you came into the kingdom, how much you know about the Bible, you can still be an encouragement. It's an entry-level position. But I've watched a lot of people go, I don't know why I can't heal the sick. I don't know why I don't see miracles. And, and I look and I'm like, well, are you just stewarding what you currently have? It was the question that I asked Chris. Chris, are you being obedient? 
and, 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 and it was a struggle, right, of you trying to figure out what was going on. There was something going on in his right life, and he couldn't figure out why he couldn't get to the next level, why he couldn't sense some things that he had sensed before. And the question is, well, are you being obedient? Let me ask you that. Are you being obedient at the level that you're currently at? Because you have to steward everything. In fact, I pray that God will give you the desires of your heart. I pray that he'll give them to you in the natural, and I pray that he'll give them to you in the spiritual. But if you've lived long enough, you know this. When God begins to give you stuff, it also is a responsibility. Yeah. When God gives you a house, you ought to keep that house up, I think. I might be getting myself into trouble right here. But, but I just think that if God gives you something, you ought to take care of it. And, and some of you may disagree with me on this, but, but the Lord showed me this years ago. I, I was wanting a, another vehicle, and I was driving an Azuzu Rodeo. If you want to know what an Azuzu Rodeo is, you'll have to go over to a third world country because they have shipped them all off. No one in America wants them anymore. And I was driving this Azuzu Rodeo. Some of y'all remember it. And I was just praying, God, I'd love to have another vehicle. I'd love to have something better than this Isuzu Rodeo. And honestly, y'all, I don't know if the Holy Spirit talks to y'all this way, but he talked to me this way. He said, Kevin, you don't even wash the rodeo. I was like, what's washing got to do with anything? He's like, Kevin, when's the last time you checked the oil on it? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And, and, and so I was so convicted. I'm like, you know what? I got to change some things. If God blesses me with something, I've got to be a steward of it. And I've got to take good care of it because why would God give me more of something if I'm not taking care of what he currently is giving me? Amen? So I started wanting to take care of that thing. And, and, and over time, God has blessed me to kind of progress in some things. But i got to tell you, I've ran across, I want, yeah, I think I'm supposed to tell this. I've ran across some people who have uh, literally bought brand new cars. And then I've gone and picked them up on the side of the street. And they didn't have a dime to their name. And the reason their vehicle broke is because they've never changed the oil since they bought it. There's something to be said in that, isn't it? That says when God gives you something, realize it doesn't end there. It just begins there. Every time God blesses you, understand that there is a stewardship responsibility. In fact, Lord willing, I'm going to preach an entire message on that, so I need to go on before I preach it now. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. Here's what I want you to do this coming week. I want you to live blessed. Karen, come up here and stand for me. Did you know I was preaching this message today? Look at her shirt. Come up here. Stand, stand right there. Turn around. Stand in front of the podium so they can see you. Look at her shirt. Did you know I was preaching this today? Bless. Y'all stand right there for just a minute. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to live as though you're blessed. I want you to just go ahead and assume that because God is good, the message we preached last week, that because he's good and because his favor is poured out on all mankind, that you really are blessed. Now, you may be in a season where you don't feel it so much, but I tell you that God takes all the bad things and he works them for our good. So I tell you, you may not know how he's going to work this current situation for your good, but I tell you that he's going to. And he's going to use it in such a way that other people look at you and go, 
I have no idea how they could be that way. I want you to believe that anything that God has given you to do, that God is going to resource you in it. Which means if God has called you to something, you don't have to wonder, I don't know if I can do this or not. I don't know if I'm smart enough. Well, if he called you, he'll get you smart. If you say, I don't know if I'm gifted enough, he'll get you gifted. Steward what you have. You say, I I don't know if I can handle this thing. He'll get you to where you can handle it. I need you to live this week as though you are blessed, that God is going to give you everything you need to do what God has called you to do. And then one, as an American, I need to make this clear. Some of the greatest blessings in life are not physical and natural. Some of the greatest blessings in life are things like peace and joy and love. And and when you receive the peace of God and the joy of the Lord and the love of Jesus into your life, you can just about tackle anything, can't you? I think that it is the spiritual blessings when we receive those that actually equips us to go through the highs and the lows of natural life and hang on. We can suffer some loss sometimes. We can suffer some disappointment. We can suffer some people saying nasty things about us. How? Because we're living from this internal place. If I'm living from this place where I'm like, Karen, you can't take this from me. Isn't that a beautiful thing? When you look at somebody and you go, you know what? I've got peace, and there is nothing you can do to take it from me unless I give it to you. I can give it away, but there's nothing you can do to take it. I have joy, and there is nothing that you can do to take away my joy. There is no circumstance or no situation that will occur that can take away my joy. Now, I can give it away, but you can't take it because it's a gift of God. I have love, and it doesn't matter if you love me or not. I love you back. How in the world do we do that as Christians? Because we are filled with the love of God who came to an earth that didn't love him, that was enemies of him, and he loved us into a relationship with the Father. So this week, I want you to spend seven days, and then I want you to come back here on December the 20th, And I got to tell you something, I believe it will change the way we worship and praise God. That's just my challenge to you. If your worship has been flat, if your praise has been flat, it might be flat because you hadn't been paying attention to what God's been doing. As soon as you start realizing where you've been favored, what God has been doing, when you go back and count all the things that God has done for you, I got a feeling when you come in here on Sunday morning, if you had trouble worshiping before, you won't have trouble then. (laughs) Because it is a natural reaction that what is going on inside of us will go out. So I want to stand. I want to pray a blessing over you. Can I do that? Thank you, Karen, for standing up here with me. In the Bible, there are these prayers of blessings. And and when you pray a blessing, it just means that you're praying the will of God over a person's life. And if anything hits home for you, then you can receive that as a gift of God and say, yeah, I believe because of Jesus that's available to me. And I'm not going to worry about any of the the physical, natural stuff. I'm going to pray into the spiritual things because I think that's where the real riches are. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus 
that we would live this week as favored, that we would live as those who have uh, the peace, uh, Lord, of your son Jesus Christ resting over us and in us so that peace guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus this week. I pray, Lord, that if there have been things that have warred in our mind to cause us to worry or doubt, uh, to be disappointed and discouraged, that, Lord, I, I pray you would settle us back into your peace that guards our hearts and minds. I pray, Lord, for, for joy, Father, that uh, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And so if we've been looking at places and at things that have taken our joy and stolen our joy, then, Father, I pray that we would look back to you, the Savior of the world, who has redeemed us and who blesses us, and we'd find joy beginning to kind of stir back up inside of us. I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here today and they just felt flat in their relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they would open your word this week because, Lord, spiritually, I don't understand it. But when we fill up on your word, you actually make us hungry for more. <laughs> and then, Lord, we get more than we ever imagined. So, Father, I pray we'd open your word and some people would get hungry this week for you again. They get stirred up all over again this week. And then, Father, I pray that for some, they may not know what their purpose and their plan in life is. And they're like, I don't even know if I'm doing the will of God. How will I know if he's blessing it or if he's adding to it? Father, I pray that you would reassure that person right now that the greatest thing is, is not their ability to follow you, but your ability to lead them. And so, Father, I thank you that you are far better at leading than we are at following. And you're still a good shepherd that you will get us there. And so, Father, I pray that the one thing we would settle is this. Do we want what you want? Do we want the things that you want? Or have our desires gotten crossed up? And if our desires have gotten crossed up, then we would set our attention back on you and say, God, we, we want the things that you want. God, we want to love the things that you love, and we want to hate the things that you hate. And then, Lord, we just keep being hungry and thirsty, and then you add to it. And we don't have to always understand everything that's going on. And then, Father, I pray that you would bring us back here next week, and we would be able to say as a group of believers, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Oh, Lord, oh, that is the desire of my heart, God, that we could gather a group of Christians who truly understand what being blessed is all about so that we would gather up. And when it comes time to praise or give thanks or to worship, that we could say that, Lord, just like Psalm 37, 4, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go and be blessed.